a businessman, a father, a patriot, Stefan Molyneux needs no introduction. Uh, YouTube forward slash uh, Free Domain Radio. Twitter, Stefan Molyneux. Uh, FreeDomainRadio.com. You can get his uh, book, uh, The Art of the Argument. That's excellent, by the way. So he joins us now uh, to give us uh, his look at this and how he thinks they're going to counterstrike, or maybe maybe he disagrees. Maybe this isn't that huge of a victory. Uh, Stefan Molyneux, thanks for coming on with us, sir. Thanks, Alex. Uh, great to be here. Merry Christmas to you, your family, and your great listenership. I really appreciate the time to chat today. Back at you. It is a great victory. It is a great victory because it, it does a whole number of things. Number one, it puts money back into the hands of the American worker, which of course is a great thing. You get to keep more of your own money. And some of that is direct in terms of the tax cuts themselves. But another is that by lowering corporate tax rates, corporations have more money to invest in upgrades, to, to pay their workers more. So it is a wonderful Christmas present for the American worker. That's a great thing. The other great thing is it reveals the Democrat Party to be basically a combination of the Grinch and a Bond villain. I mean, it's weird when you think about it. Oh no, American workers are getting more money around Christmas time. That's the worst thing in the world. And it's like, what terrible optics are bad they, one, are they working Mr. with that Grinch. they this? Exactly, yeah, in 34 I mean, years since we've had a real tax cut for the middle class and workers while we've been deindustrialized, which they admit's a plan. I mean, why do you think the EU's so dumb? They're openly bitching saying, you're gonna get the jobs now. Well, of course, the EU doesn't want to have to restrain their own socialist spending. So, of course, they would love a deal where everyone keeps their corporate tax rates high and keeps their tax rates high. The EU is also being revealed this season as well for sanctioning, working on massive sanctions against Poland while paying billions of euros to Turkey, of all places. Poland that the West fought to try and free and failed in the Second World War, who fought valiantly against both Nazism and communism, are being sanctioned while Turkey of all places is being rewarded with billions of euros. I'm glad so, you yeah, raised that. They're threatening Poland and others with billions in fines, 100,000 euros. Explain that to people per illegal that's come in, military age men, the raping, the killing, going on the welfare, they're giving them, throwing pensioners out of their section eight housing, putting them in. I mean, this is a crazy plan. Well, of course, they hate the fact that Poland is a Christian nation. They hate the fact that Poland is a proud nation, and they hate the fact that Polish people, having been subjugated and controlled for a significant portion of their history, either as Poland or the pre-Poland countries, subjugated by Islam, subjugated by communism, the fact that they fought so hard to be free, that they value and treasure their freedom and are willing to stand up against the corrupt tyranny of the EU is something that simply cannot be allowed to stand. I mean, Turkey is working nicely with the EU, but Poland wishes to remain a sovereign country and to resist uh, mass immigration from the third world. And so naturally, of course, they are fighting it tooth and nail. And they also don't want, uh, they don't want the example. You know, one prisoner walks through a fence that everyone thinks is locked. The other prisoners start getting ideas. They can't have one example of a country with borders. They can't have one example of a country with an in-group preference, and they sure as hell can't have a country where Christianity stands against foreign religions. What I'm concerned about, though, is the wild-eyed insanity, Stefan Molyneux, where they've gone from laughing at me and yelling at me in the street to like trying to attack me now. They're getting more and more desperate. And uh, Rosie O'Donnell trying to make bribes on, on Twitter, saying I'm serious, a million dollars, two million for senators that vote against it. Uh, and then and, and like saying, go, let's go kill congressmen. I mean, they're getting they're going into complete insane asylum land. And, and I'm not scared of them like they're going to beat us. I'm just worried about their mental illness. I mean, clearly, what is wrong with them? 
they are addicted to power and they are representing an entire community. Um, in, in America, this is tens, possibly even 100 million or, or more people who probably feel genuinely having been dependent on the state for generations. And I'm not just talking about the poor, we're also talking about the military industrial complex and all the people who benefit from the state's awesome power to create and redistribute trillions of dollars in the economy. That has created a market of people dependent upon state power, dependent upon the coercive nature of the state apparatus. And when someone like Donald Trump comes along and says, we're gonna make the state smaller, we're gonna put more people in the free market, we're gonna put more people in the tax paying private sector and out of the government dependent public sector, they panic and they freak out because they view the government as the sole source of their survival. They do not, they no longer have the self-esteem to believe that they can survive without welfare. Exactly, we gotta go to break. Welfare. Stefan Molyneux, stay right there, because I wanna talk about this, because literally, they're the ones that have always been robbing us and feeding on us and trying to dumb us down to be better servants, you know, domesticate us. And then we're finally struggling back because, you know, half our wealth isn't enough for them. And they, they think we're killing them because they act like we're killing them. Meanwhile, we're bringing all this wealth back and going to help them. That's what created all the wealth, idiots, was a little bit of free market. They just get out of the way and let the adults just give you freedom. My God, you morons. But see, it's, they crave the power to control people. It's, it's worse than just dependency. Living here in a quasi-free system, much better than North Korea, they're making these statements. And Stefan also wanted to get into Christmas because, in my view, if you're able to say two plus two equals four, that's freedom, quoting George Arwell. Well, if you can say Christmas, it's freedom. And it sounds silly, but they really want to erase everything, whether it was perfect or bad or good or indifferent, because they want to force you to accept their new system. So that's why they, they go after Christian culture particularly. I don't mean the fake churches and all the corrupt things that are involved with those but i mean the actual idea of that and then they make fun of uh you know, you know that and want to destroy it so stefan molyneux why uh you know just as a researcher looking at like an anthropologist or sociologist why do they want to attack christmas and why are they going after it so much in this culture war and how are they doing in the culture war And that feeds back into what we hit at the break what are they going to do as this all caves in? Most of them weren't even part of the power structure, but they were living through it, feeling like they were running things culturally and we're going to excoriate and control and re-educate uh, those of us, liberal, conservative, libertarian, agnostic, that, that, that didn't fit into their little box. I mean, really, they're a cult of bullies. Well, there are those, and this is, I think, very appropriate to Christmas time, Alex. There are those in the world who want to do good to be virtuous, and that is individual action, that is going to help the poor, uh, that is going to bring food to people, is going to work in soup kitchens, it's going to speak to someone who's down and raise up their spirits. Or if you want workers to, to make more money, then it's about starting a business and hiring people and paying them well. Or if you want people to get free healthcare, then it's about donating to a hospital or a church or becoming a doctor and uh, working pro bono from time to time. So there's individual action, which gives you the satisfaction of having done good in the world. But there's people who just wanna feel good without actually expending the time, energy and resources to do good themselves. And those are the people who want to change the system or the structure or the state or the law in order to remove negative stimuli from them, poor people, sick people, but they don't actually wanna go out and do good individually. That's too much work. They wanna get all of the benefits of doing good by advocating for a system that's usually coercive in nature. And thus, as literally is said, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I couldn't, I've never heard it said better. That I mean, that's it. And so you pointed out the groups out there that just think, hey, I'm gonna be thrown on the street and they don't know any better. And 
that's that's kind of the you know, folks on the bottom of the room. But in the last decade or so, more and more of that pyramidal structure actually thinks they're part of the elite and have been taught kind of the upper crust, anti-liberty, anti-human uh, authoritarianism. And so they've uh, the left, in its modern sense, has, I believe, converted to a crazy form of authoritarianism. Do you agree with that? And, and if so, why? I think it's the devil's temptation, right? The devil takes Jesus to a mountaintop in the desert and shows him the whole world and says, all of this can be yours if you follow me. And this Darwinian thirst for material power, for material resources, it's merely about gene reproduction for the most part. We are, we are driven to seek resources to ensure the survival of our offspring. And if you take away Christian ethics or philosophical ethics or virtues that surmount and surpass and restrain the mere Nietzschean Darwinian will for power, it's a will for control of resources, society falls apart. Society is a common code of self-restraint. And, and under Darwinism, there is no self-restraint. You get as many resources by whatever means necessary as possible. You have just crystallized it and the globalists endorse that. They say we're social Darwinist. Explain what that means to people. Well, social Darwinism to some degree is, I think, allowing for the state to favor particular groups. One of the things that's happened that's been really, really tragic is the growth of the single mom industry, so to speak, where you have this breakdown in marriage, you have easy divorces, you have uh, alimony, you have child support, and you have the state stepping in for irresponsible women who have children. And then they lionize it. They, we're not attacking single women, but then they lionize it. They set it up. Well, it used to be the case, of course, that if you were a single mom, your parents would end up having to pay to raise your child. So your parents had a very strong incentive to restrain the wild tsunami-like hormones of teenage sexuality. With the welfare state taking away the negative consequences of irresponsible sexuality, it's the old Chesterton quote says, when you get rid of the big laws, you don't end up with no laws, you end up with an infinity of tiny laws. And now we have all of this crazy breakdown in sexual morality, which is causing massive amounts of predation and massive amounts of single motherhood. And so this is the welfare state state takes resources from more responsible people and gives it to less responsible people, thus encouraging the reproduction of less responsible people. Personality is largely genetic and therefore you have social engineering, you have a kind of dysgenics operating at a social level through the welfare state and uh, it is tragic. Well, exactly, the eugenicists claimed they were gonna clean all that up, but instead they made it 50 times worse. Yeah, the government should not be involved in providing resources for reproduction. That is eugenics at a fundamental level. Whether you have eugenics on a race or class-based level, it's wrong to take resources from one group and give it to another group because it's fundamentally messing with the DNA of the species, usually to extraordinarily terrible effects. Well, we've seen that. I don't know if you've seen the compilation of videos. We might play it again where people go, I got 12 kids, You, somebody better take care of them. It's not enough to get $10,000 a month and free housing and free furniture and everything. I'm gonna sit here on my butt squirting kids out and you're gonna pay for it. Oh, and it's terrible. And children, when children are an expense, society gets more responsible because responsible people have to pay for those expenses. And women choose the best provider in a free market. The best provider tends to be the smartest, the most resourceful, the most intelligent, the most wise, the most mature. And so you end up with a positive eugenics in the free market where smarter people end up with more resources, more free kids, market so is the only humane, true eugenics. It is, absolutely. And when you end up with the system where children become an asset rather than a liability, then what happens is people have children in order to make money. And that means they don't have to have anybody responsible sticking around. And of course, the whole welfare state thing where they say you only get welfare if there's no man in the house. They are paying women to have children and keep 
fatherhood at bay to keep fathers away. And Stephen, we got to go to Brightwood. Come back, I got to ask you. I mean, they admit they're doing it by design just to have control, but don't they see what it ends up in? It literally ends in idiocracy, and, 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 and idiocracy isn't coming in 300 years. We're here. Stefan Molyneux, Free Domain Radio. What an amazing guy. Uh, they're trying to block us everywhere. So, folks, if they want to hear more of this and see the websites get better and see more content and see people expand, then support, buy a book, uh, subscribe to a special broadcast, whatever. How do folks do that, Stefan? Well, they can go to theartoftheargument.com, order the book. It's also available on audible.com, narrated by yours truly. And, uh, of course, freedomainradio.com slash donate. In this Christmas giving season, it's very, very helpful to help fund the operations and the growth. We just grew about 20% year over year. Uh, and it's been a great, fantastic year. We're well north of half a billion views and downloads. And... People can help out the show, Bitcoin, PayPal, Visa, MasterCard, whatever, at freedomainradio.com slash donate. And, and, and let's be clear, we're not victims, so we'll tell you. InfoWars has grown usually 30 40% a year. We've tripled the last year. As everybody knows, we're under total attack. And they have just cut off millions of sponsorship, destroyed things. I mean, they've had black ops, disinfo teams. I mean, we got... I mean, it's, 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 I'm not whining. It's actually quite entertaining and enjoyable and makes my life exciting. I'm serious. I'm not just saying that. That's kind of sad for my family, but that's, you know, I, I trust in God. But they hate the fact that you're direct funding us. They're trying to shut that off. It's so Stefan's like, yeah, you know, we're growing 20% every year. They've been after him too. So he's not going to whine about it. He's saying, hey, we're growing despite the attacks. We would have completely taken the culture back. Uh, if, 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 if they weren't fighting back, just know this, a war is happening. It's critical to your own interest to know we're not funded by George Soros and globalists. We're funded by you. So we are your fist and we are taking action. Stefan? Well, let's sort of take a little bit of an example here just to talk about the financial benefit to the listeners. Because, you know, cold, hard cash runs the world and, and numbers don't lie. So your channel and my channel um, were very, very interested in Donald Trump. And uh, although he is a man with flaws like and we've paid, I've paid for it with $70,000 a month. Now it's like 5000 That's how I've, That's right. how we paid. Well, I've paid so, by almost a million yeah, dollars. So I, I did a lot of shows uh, reaching millions of people about the lies that were being told about Donald Trump. Because for me, it was a twofer. It was help get people to the truth about Trump and his agenda and also show just how much the mainstream media lies. How do you know they're lying? They're broadcasting. And how much did you pay for telling the truth? Well, it was a bit of a challenge, let's put it that way, at times. But look, I mean, just look at, so Donald Trump got in and now the biggest tax cut in uh, US history has just been passed, which puts lots of money back into the hands of our listeners. So if you've helped supported the show, 20 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, five bucks a month, whatever, bought some stuff from your store, bought my book, uh, helped support things, I think it's kind of paid off just in terms of you maybe getting thousands and, But of I just want to explain, we went, from, no mandate. we went from 70,000 a month when they delisted us and went like 95% demonetized uh, to uh, again, like seven to ten thousand a month. I mean, I'm not whining. I want people to know this is what YouTube did to us, and admittedly to punish us. So I'm not saying, hey, look at me. I'm just telling listeners, thank God you're there. We'd be gone because listeners filled in that gap. You want to fund the people who are being opposed the most because the people who are being opposed the most are doing the most. You know, if you're in a war and you're marching in the wrong direction, you're really not going to reach any opposition. Nobody's going to be fighting you. In fact, the other the team, the other army, the enemy are very happy that you're marching in the wrong direction. It's when you march in the right direction, I guess, Wonder Woman style, that you run into the blistering fire. So look at the people who've got the most smoking craters around them and give them some ammo. Gosh, you just, it's true. And it's not that I'm even whining. I just want folks to know 
Like, like I'm a heat-seeking missile that goes towards their fire, like the World War II analogy of you know, they, they didn't have you know, radar or satellite then. They went towards the flak because they would shoot you know, wherever the factories were. Uh, and it's the same thing. We're, we're steering into it. We just want folks to know exactly as you said, whoever's being attacked the most is the key to spread. There is no substitute for, uh, and it's a great kind of radar, because when you look at the people who are being attacked the most, and listen, there are people who are wrong, and it depends how you're being attacked. If you put it, like if I put out an argument that has some incorrect data or I've made a reasoning error, fantastic. You know, people will tell me that. But instead, it's racist, scum, you, you have, it, they're not attacking us on what we did. Right. And if they go after you at this hysterical, venomous, puff adder, viper strikes personal level, yeah, he's a this, he's a that, and to just try to bury you in negative adjectives, that means you're doing something right. And so when people are being attacked, libeled, slandered, lied about, and so on, that's when you really want to pay them attention because they're not fools. The enemies are not fools. They know who's having the most impact. And they also know when the person having the most impact has good reason and evidence behind them. Because if you've got bad reason and evidence, you just say, oh, the data is kind of contradicting. Exactly. We have the their number. We know their program and we're winning. That's why they hate us. And they have openly told. They have openly told everyone through the uh, Saul Alinsky book, Rules for Radicals, and a lot of other publications. They've openly said, we just want power. We just want control. We don't have any values. We don't have any ethics. We don't have any standards. But we know our enemies do, and we're dying to use them against them. Yeah, Saul Alinsky said, I worship Lucifer. I pledge myself to Lucifer in the intro of his book. And the New York Times of the day said, we love Saul Alinsky. We're going to defeat you. He's our God. Stefan Mullen, who's got a bunch of topics. I'm not going to bring up a topic. I'm going to see what he wants to cover next on the other side of this quick break. Infowars.com, Newswars.com. Stay with us. If you report what color somebody is, we'll arrest you. And then we're not joking. This is, this is like naked, crazy authoritarianism. I hope this is the last desperate gasp of the authoritarian left. But you know, even though we're getting a few beach heads here, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. Stefan Mullen. It's uh, horrible. And tragic. And I'm kind of torn. I, I'll tell you uh, straight up, Alex, I'm really ambivalent about this. I do want the mainstream media to reform themselves, and I kind of don't. You know that old saying, never interrupt your enemy when he's in the process of making one giant mistake after another? The fact that they are so doubling down on avoiding basic issues like demographics, like IQ, like belief systems, like compatibility, uh, like welfare usage, like crime statistics, the fact that they're so steadfastly covering their eyes, sticking their heads in the sand and screaming la, 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 like a half upside down ostrich is creating massive market opportunities for us. If they reform themselves and if they start telling basic truths about the world, people will start tuning into them rather than us. So it's not like I just want people to watch me. If they really reformed themselves, I'd be happy to have fewer audiences because that would mean more truth would be getting exactly. to the world. Exactly. Defeating this plague of crazies, that's all I want. But the left just, just wants to keep problems going. In the world. Yeah, I just, now, the fact that they are literally delusional. I mean, of course they're talking about mental illness because leftism is a mental illness. It is a steadfast denial of basic biological empirical reality. It is a denial of universal moral values like thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not thirst for demonic power over thy fellow bipeds. It is a denial of reality, it is a denial of virtue, it is a denial of compassion, and it arises from a childhood-written, empathetic grave of maltreatment. And so it is, of course they say that these people are mentally ill, because they're mentally ill. 
expanding on that, uh, Russiagate, what other topics? I, I got hundreds, but I want to hear what, what's front and center on, on Stefan Molyneux's brain. Well, I want to think about Christmas just a little bit because, you know, we spend a lot of time fighting the forces of darkness. And it is important, <clears throat> excuse me, to love and remember to turn towards the light. So if you've had a year of combat, I suggest you rest and enjoy your time over Christmas. It's funny if you, you say that because I never okay, rest, rest and I'm committed for next year. I apologize Sorry? for interrupting. It's just too, I'm committed to actually taking off next week. Sorry, go ahead. Well, so if you fought the good fight, rest, enjoy, and get ready for next year. If you haven't, then rest anyway and gear up to commit to next year, which is going to be <clears throat> one hell of a year to be fighting. Well, that's my next question for you. That's why we're mind melded. Yes, this was the most insane year of my life. Everybody else says it was good, the bad, and the ugly. It was an incredible year of change. What is 2018? Well, 2018 is the Ragnarok of freedom. 2018 is the final battle, uh, I think, because either there's going to be a tipping point where people start to go towards the truth tellers and those who have virtue, compassion, empathy, and goodness in their heart, or they're going to slide down to the uh, satanic pit of the sophists and the liars. We have to up our game. We who are out there in the public sphere telling the truth, we have to be more engaging, more entertaining, more enjoyable. We have to use every trick in the book to pull people towards the giant uh, geyser light of freedom that we uh, pursue and represent. We have to up our game and not just stare at the demons in hatred, but stare at the light and the virtues in joy. Because there's only a certain amount of opposition that's gonna attract people. We have to show people what we love as well as what we hate. Like the old thing about the soldier, the soldier doesn't fight because he hates what's in front of him. He fights because he loves what he's protecting. He loves what's behind him. So we have to remember to share the love of freedom, the love of free, of free markets, the love of free speech, the love of gun ownership. We have to remember to share what we love in order to attract people to our cause. And not just simply as the old saying that Nietzsche has said, if you hunt monsters your own your whole life, you have to be very careful. You do not turn into one. Total veritas. You know, I woke up at 3.30 in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep and I wrote down a bunch of notes and I forgot to bring them, of course, but that was one of them was that just celebrate and just turn loose and appreciate kind of in a Zen moment all that is good and magnify that and think about the good instead of hating the evil so much that I tend to do. And there's a place for that, but I had that, I never really experienced this much in my life. But now that I had the feeling of all that was like kind of like not turning loose, but feeling the source and like like resting back into it. it, it, it I mean, this really is, metaphysical, hermetic, we, I mean, we know all this. And that's why, that's why I know next year is the battle of the gods. Uh, you know, as you just said, uh, the good or dumb or wrong. Be, uh, and of course, things repeat themselves. We're not saying the final battle of the gods, but, but a model of that. Because they're going to throw everything. And for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. Quantum mechanics shows. And as I feel my personal discernment energy increasing because the enemy is now about to throw its full weight against us. So don't think just because we feel all this energy and strength right now that, that that's because we're totally one and be arrogant. That's because if we're like Godzilla. Something big's about to come out of the ocean. The big fight's about to happen. Well, that's true. And it is going to be on social media. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on Facebook. It's going to be on the internet. Because the internet was the very great equation variable that they did not anticipate. Uh, the internet was responsible for getting Donald Trump in power and keeping Hillary Clinton, the <laughs> sorceress of uh, iniquity, out of power. So they're very aware where the true power resides. They can read the numbers of subscriptions as well as we can. They know where the audience is. And they've gone to. from being arrogant they to panic. That makes them stronger now that they're not arrogant anymore.
but more dangerous, right? Because when people panic, uh, cornered animals get more random in their behaviors. So yeah, you need to be alert, but we do need, you know, we fight ugliness, but we worship beauty. And we must remember to turn away from the ugliness, to drink deep of the cup of beauty, to inspire people with the beauty of the world that we want to create, rather than simply showing people all the time how ugly is the enemies we face, because people will be drawn to that beauty. And that beauty, that love, you know, we may fear the devil, but we love God, if that's where virtue lives in our hearts. And we must remember to bring people to church rather than to the exorcism all the time. You're right. You, that is literally the epiphany I had. I know you're, it's a common truth. Like, I discovered it. You're absolutely right. But I think that's spreading right now is that we need to celebrate our victories, be thankful. And, and, and as you said, we fight evil, but we love beauty. We, we fight evil to protect beauty. And uh, if we allow our, all of our actions to be dictated by evildoers, we simply are the shadow cast by immorality in the world. And that is not enough. We really must. We can, we can show the darkness by being the light just as much as going down to the dungeons. You know, if you brighten something up and if something's in the way of the light, it casts a long and highly visible shadow. And if we blaze brightly in our joy of truth and beauty and virtue, then we will show the horrifying nature of those we I agree. far more than if we go down and fight them all the time. How did Hercules defeat it when he had to go into the dark where his final feat of memory serves? And I guess he had to like go inwardly to the light that was within him to defeat it. It wasn't battling anymore. He couldn't beat the darkness by sheer will. He had to think about the light that was in him that God had given him to defeat it. Jesus was not a ninja. Jesus had no nunchucks. Uh, Jesus was somebody who pursued and talked about virtue and the light and sacrificed himself for it. And in that sacrifice, he created uh, an epiphany of beauty and virtue that people have been following for thousands of years. And that's not a bad model to be following. And that's why they hate it so much. Right. right. They're because selfish, they could not taunt they're cowards, Jesus they're into fighting at their level. They could not taunt Jesus into fighting at their level. He transcended their level and provoked a, a following that was, in many ways, the true foundation and beauty of Western civilization. And just like they attacked Christ, they attacked Uncle Tom. Because Uncle Tom wasn't a wimp, he was strong. He just let them kill him and torture him to bring them down. And the fools see that and go, look at this idiot. But he sacrificed himself. Yeah, just when they think you've lost is the time for your greatest victory. And that, I think, is next year. All right. Wow. Well, we'll be there together. Hopefully they haven't done the Internet kill switch. Thank you, Stefan. Very powerful. Thank you.